Longhorn Nation, we're back! Social media and Twitter is what's destroying this country anyway. So that's how I feel about it, from politics to sports to whatever. It gives people a platform to bitch, and then other people are like needling it, and they're sitting at home, and they're late on a payment. We're David, <laughs> they're Goliath, and we, we go out there and play. Why not us? Like, think about that. Who played in 2019? Who played in 2020? Why not Texas Tech? Well, I was reading the, the game notes that offensive line had a missed assignment. Pretty good. Uh, I don't know, where, the, where the hell that come from? I don't know. I don't read the notes. Sorry, but but I, I don't know if that's accurate. One guy, one person in the history of this program that's bigger than the program. What is up? Welcome back to the Big 12 Takeover Podcast, Episode 2. My name is Tyler Davis. I'm joined by my good friend Donnell Davis down there in Houston. What's up, man? What's up, man? I'm ready to get this show on the road. Hey, let's get it going. We're going to talk some Iowa State football today, talk a little bit about what they did last season um, and what they're hopefully going to do this coming fall. Um, but before we get to that, we have some housekeeping to take care of. And first things first, this show is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the easy way to play daily fantasy and player props in states like California, New York, Texas, and more. Prize Picks offers every sport you can think of from NFL, college football, NBA, college basketball. MLB, soccer, MMA, anything you can think of, they got it. You can combine picks across multiple sports as well. You could take Patrick Mahomes over on passing yards and LeBron's under on assists if you wanted to. Prize picks is safe and easy to use. You can place picks in under 60 seconds and they offer fast withdrawals. Use code TAKEOVER to get a 100% deposit, match up to $100. And without further ado, we're going to jump into some more housekeeping. I'm just kidding, you guys. Here we go. Uh, you got to go over to YouTube, follow Takeover, or subscribe to the Takeover Sports Network. That's where you're going to find all of our shows um, from the Big Ten, the SEC, college basketball. Uh, we got another show coming soon. Uh, I can't announce it yet, but it will be announced here probably this week by the time this episode's out. Um, draft Takeover, all of that you can find over there on the Takeover Sports Network at YouTube. Make sure you subscribe. Uh, please also follow the Twitter to the overall network at Takeover Pods and follow us on Twitter at Big 12 Takeover. Now that housekeeping's out of the way, Donnell, Iowa State football, man. We're going to get into it. There's some fun things to talk about here. This is a team that, to me, really underperformed this past fall. Uh, in 2020, Iowa State. <laughs> was a three-loss team, and they beat Oregon in the Fiesta Bowl. And I think I think from then, you know, people were like, oh, man, Iowa State might be for real. What are they going to do coming to 2021? Um, and it didn't really work out, right? I, I think, you know, I think it's safe to say their season was a disappointment. Um, they ended up going 7-6 and six overall. They were 5-4 and four in the Big 12. They were returning, you know, some really good players. What, what, what do you think went wrong there, man? Uh, I don't know, man. I'm, I, I look at who was on the team. You had Brees Hall. It starts with Brock, Brock Purdy. They had a solid team. You, you had a lot of seniors. Yeah. It's really, it's really tough to see what went wrong there, but because they went into the season with high expectations. Starting oh, yeah. off. You think Iowa State usually – you don't think much of them, but like you said, coming off that great season, you think that will kind of catapult them into an even better season coming up, especially with those players coming back, and that just didn't happen. And so, I don't know, yeah, maybe talent caught up. 
Yeah, maybe so. And it's it's interesting when you look kind of at the the actual facts of the season, right? So they obviously struggled a little bit with O-line play. Uh, Purdy took quite a few sacks um, over the course of the year, He and, and it kind of impacted some things. So they had zero 1,000-yard rushers, which is pretty, wow, pretty insane. Or, sorry, 1,000-yard receivers. I apologize. Okay, they okay. definitely had rushers. I apologize. <laughs> okay. And we're going to talk about that later. So they had right. zero 1,000-yard receivers. Um, Xavier Hutchinson was the closest. He was in the 900s. Um, and Brock Purdy took 21 sacks. 21 sacks. Now, some of those you can attribute to holding the ball too long, uh, but some of those I think overall their O-line really underperformed, um, and that that really, really hurts them. Right. Um, And it hurts any team, right? And I think a lot of what Iowa State likes to do is Iowa State likes to play, much like we did in college at Tabor, we like to play ball control, right? They have a really strong running game, a decent passing game, and they're going to win a lot of one-possession games, right? Like – Ideally, but their defense would give up quick scores over and over and over again. And they were just constantly, <laughs> they were constantly like, Hey guys, we're, we're trying to do the thing we always do. Like we did last year and you guys are giving up quick scores. Like, so it just wasn't complimentary football th- for, for them throughout the season. Right. I mean, you look, you brought up this point and I didn't even realize they had lost, I think it was five games by seven or less points, five games by seven or less points. I mean, and that's, that's including the, the cheese it bowl with against Clemson to end right. the season. So you think you you get three of those to break the other way? Iowa State sitting at what ten and ten and four? Right, one or two plays a game, and that or changes no, the whole outlook. Sorry, ten and three. Ten and three, yeah. They're ten and three there. If they if three of those break their way, right. and so it's just it's just really hard for them. It's it's hard for any team really when your when your identity is ball control and play good defense when your defense doesn't play well, right? And and we kind of we're we're going to jump into this and kind of talk about some of the guys they're losing and some of the guys they're bringing back. Um you know, they finished 4th in the Big 12. They're 7 and 6 overall, 5 and 4 in the Big 12. They're going to lose Brock Purdy, who I don't know if you guys know who Brock Purdy is, but let me just give you a little bit about him, okay? Brock Purdy started 46 games to end his career. Straight. 46 straight games. He owns almost all of their school passing records. He has the passing yardage, the total offense, touchdown passes at 81, touchdowns responsible at 100, 993 completions, a passing efficiency, efficiency rating of 151.1, and his career p- completion percentage, this is crazy to me, is 67.7%. And that is, that is good. Purdy, Purdy gets a lot of bad rap, and, and I think it's kind of unwarranted because that dude rewrote the record book at Iowa State. It's crazy and, because you can think you can say that Brock Purdy coming into the twenty twenty season, twenty twenty one season that he was arguably a top two quarterback in the Big Twelve. Oh yeah, maybe even the best quarterback in the Big Twelve. Oh yeah, I, I think it's it's. I'd be remiss to say if Iowa State was probably some people's picks to win the Big Twelve. A I lot mean, of people, even mine, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, they. I mean, they were so good in twenty twenty, and then coming into twenty twenty one. You're like, oh, man, Iowa State's going to be one of those teams that's there in the end. What's going to happen? And it just fell apart. And I, li- I was listening to an interview the other day um, of Matt Campbell's, and somebody asked him before the season, um, do you expect to compete for a Big 12 championship this year? And he said, no. <laughs> and everybody was kind of like, what? And he's like, we expect to play well and do our jobs. And I think, I think it's kind of what I took from that. I thought it was kind of weird 
that Matt Campbell wouldn't say, no, yeah, we're, we're playing for a big 12. Like that's the expectation. Right. Um, and, and I don't think that was the message for that team. And I, I don't know if that messed with their, their mind, their psyche or something, but something went wrong. Um, that's not to say Matt Campbell's a bad coach. It's just to say that things, you know, maybe just didn't work out for them like they thought. Maybe but, he was right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you he know, must coaches, have... coaches know their team more than we know from the outside. So, oh, for sure. So. And and I think you know, you look at I'm looking at their 2021 schedule here, right? Some right. of these losses they lost by 10 to at the time ranked 10th in the country, Iowa. Big rivalry game, tough game to play. They lost to Baylor, who we know and talked about last week, won the Big 12 by two points, 31-29 right? They beat Oklahoma State 24-21. That's a huge win. They lost to Oklahoma by seven, right? So, I mean, those are good teams, really good teams. But what happened? They lost lost by seven to West Virginia, three to Texas Tech, seven to Oklahoma. Like that three-game losing streak where they beat Texas 30-7 to and eight within that three-game losing streak. But if you take a look at that, that is what ultimately I think doomed their season. Because if mm-hmm. they win those games, or they at least win two of those games, they're probably competing for a Big Twelve championship. Yeah, I mean they're in the mix for sure, for sure. Because Oklahoma State and Baylor both had losses, so they're certainly in the mix. And you you know you look back, um, that Texas Tech loss is ugly, that West Virginia loss is ugly. Um, but I think you you had brought this up, Donnell, in the, in our in our talks. I think week one was a good indicator of something wasn't right. Yep. Sixteen I mean, to ten win over Northern Iowa. Yeah. It's a red flag for a veteran led team to start off the season with a six point win over a team that they should honestly annihilate. Yeah, oh yeah. And let's not pretend Northern Iowa is not a good football team, but they're not Iowa State. They're not a, a power five school. I mean, they should be they should dominate those teams. I mean that's that that's without notice and and Brees Hall and Brock Purdy should have taken control of that game and you know who's to say they didn't but Brees Hall is under 70 yards he had 69 rushing yards Purdy threw for less than 200 he was at 199 and 88 of those went to Xavier Hutchinson so it's like it's like where was their offense but you know it's they they managed to win but you have to win those kind of games much more and 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 prettier fashion right so yeah that's where it all started Right, and then, of course, we've talked about it, but they they beat Oklahoma State, they lose some close ones against some bad teams, and it just the season just doesn't really go how it should have for them. I mean, and that that's unfortunate, um, but we can start to kind of talk about some of the players they're losing from this team that are really really good, right? right. So, number one, they're losing Brock Purdy. I talked a little bit about you know the records he's got. Again, I'll quickly go through them. He holds the record for um, passing yards, total offense, touchdown passes, touchdowns responsible, completions, passing efficiency, and completion percentage. Um, And he's in the Big 12 career top 10 lists in completions. He's seventh overall. Uh, Total offense, he's seventh overall. And passing yards, he's eighth overall. Does he have a statue outside the stadium? He should, right? He's one of six players in Big 12 history with 10,000 passing yards and 1,000 rushing yards in a career. Put the statue up. That's what I'm saying, man. I mean, this is a like people kind of forget about Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy's a stud. He's a great, that, he's a great stats. That's the that's the best quarterback in Iowa State history by far, and I don't think that's arguable. 
Um, now, losing Brock Purdy presents the next guy his chance, Hunter Deckers. Hunter Deckers, huge arm, a lot of talent, four-star kid. Um, I, I worry a little bit about his ability to make some touch throws because uh, he is a big arm guy and he likes to really right. seed it in there. He likes to he likes to spin it a little bit, as as the quarterbacks say. Um, so it'll be interesting to see kind of how they you know play things out. The good um, thing is he'll have a receiver returning, which is Xavier Hutchison. Yes, that is a big, big, big guy to get back for them. They're really gonna they're gonna benefit from that, and and we're gonna talk a little bit about that later too. They have a nice influx of talent coming into that receiver room. Um, I think that's where they made the most in their recruiting class this year. But we'll, we'll jump into that a little later. Um, the next guy they're losing, and I I love this dude, right? So this is Brees Hall. Brees Hall is probably <laughs> gonna be the first or second running back off the board in the NFL draft. Houston Texans. Come on, let's go. Go get them. Houston. Y'all know what to do. <laughs> you, you guys are going to have some draft picks to, uh, to use. I'm sure when you trade Deshaun so, in the next day or so, so. <laughs> um, but Brees Hall, interestingly enough, I live on the same street as the high school he played at. Um, I watched Brees Hall play in high school when he was an all American. Um, and I remember watching him and I leaned over to Dana and my wife and I was like, man, this dude's really good, but he doesn't like pop off the field at you. And then you look at the stats and he's rushed for like 260 and three touchdowns. And you're like, when did that happen? Like, he's just so naturally good and like so smooth when he plays. It's crazy. I mean, he's, he's incredible. And he gets to Iowa state, you know, to follow up David Montgomery and is a stud immediately, just immediately makes an impact. They burn that red shirt and he goes on to have an illustrious career at Iowa state. Now he's going to go to the NFL. Um, and potentially be the first running back off the board, maybe even a back-end first-round pick. Um, incredible. Incredible. And and how do you replace that guy, right? I mean, they have a guy on the roster that came in around the same time as him. That's fine. The good thing uh, is Iowa State is really good at replacing their running backs. I mean, they went from David Montgomery to Brees Hall. And mm-hmm. who's up next? Uh, and that's what I'm trying to get to um, because he played in the Cheez-It Bowl. And was, you know, he played well. He gave you a little bit of a taste of kind of what you can expect. And for whatever reason, for the life of me, I cannot get his name to pull up. So Mr. I'm Brock. Not, it, it's, it is Brock. Mr. Brock. Mr. Brock. Jirel Brock. So Jirel Brock showed a little bit about himself. Um, he He's a little bit more of a downhill runner than Brees is. And, and, and I think he would tell you that too. Um, in interviews, you know, people have asked what, what it's going to be like to follow <laughs> Brees Hall, right? And he's like, well, you know, Brees is a little more shifty than I am. Brees is, you know, he's really good. He's strong. Um, but I'm more of a downhill runner. I like to put my head down and, and, and welcome contact. Right. And uh, he showed some of that in the Cheez-It Bowl. You know, he had, I think it was like 14 carries. Um, didn't look bad. Didn't look bad. And, and I don't, you know, I have faith in Iowa State's coaching staff to kind of bring him along and get him ready. Because like you said, they've done a good job of bringing running backs along. Dave Montgomery's a good player in the league. Brees Hall is likely to be a good player in the league. And Jairo Brock is probably going to follow in those footsteps, if I had to guess. Yeah. So Iowa State, man, I, I dare call them the running back factory. <laughs> um, but, you know, be wrong. They, they also produce some other really good players. Uh, I'm going to let you talk about this guy, Charlie Kalar. He's a tight oh, end. Oh, yeah. Man, he's great. He's very, <laughs> he's very underrated. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people don't know about him, but this guy led the NCAA 
in receiving yards and one-on-one coverage for tight ends. Now, you got to think about that. He led yep. the NCAA, a, a tight end from Iowa State. <laughs> right. And, Usually, and- Iowa is the school that's putting out these tight ends that are doing these dominant things. But Charlie Kohler had an amazing year, man. And that was exactly what I was going to say, is Iowa State forgot they were Iowa State with Charlie Kohler. And he, you know, he he did the thing. And now he's going to go to the NFL uh, team's going to be very lucky to get him. Um, he's going to make an impact pretty quickly, I think. And it, if I'm an NFL GM and there's a tight end in the draft and he has Iowa next to his name, I'm not even looking at the rest of it. I'm saying, okay, yeah, I'll draft him. Yeah, I don't, you know, he's there. Sure. Why not? Um, he's the Campbell Trophy winner. He's a mismatch. Right? Yeah, he's he's a mismatch. And, and this is a guy who's seeing safeties. You know, sometimes corners, he's seeing linebackers, he's getting chipped. I mean, he's seeing everything they could throw at him, and he went on to have a great, a great season. So they're going to miss that production. But you also um, mentioned that he was a uh, Campbell Trophy winner, and that tells me on and off the field, he's smart, he's tough, he's he's a leader, he's dependable. So those are traits that you want in a safety net for a tight end. And yeah. having to replace that is going to be a tough task for Iowa State. Yep. Oh, totally agree. Um, then the next guy they're going to lose, and this is where I think it's it's tough for them. Their defense is losing eight starters. Um, one of the big ones being Mike Rose in the middle of that defense. Um, it's hard to replace eight starters. It's hard to replace eight quality starters. Um, I know we talked about their defense kind of underperforming last year, but that doesn't make it any easier to replace that many players. Um, they're going to have a really tough time kind of filling that gap um, especially you know they have some guys who've played but they've lost some guys to the transfer portal you know they have guys that want to go play and start somewhere and they're going to have to find guys on their roster that can really fill in um, they also lost three starting alignment uh, which <laughs> when they already had a down year at that posi- that right. position level so you the, don't want to <laughs> yeah so the two groups we talked about that struggled last year you know and, and they had moments where they didn't, but for the most part, they struggled. And it's probably an attri- you could attribute those uh, losses and some of their struggles to those groups. Um, they're losing a lot of players. I mean, you're losing three out of five, and you're losing eight out of 11. That's not easy to do. And you want to talk – this is, to me, the biggest thing. And I wrote this in our notes. The biggest thing to me in this for them, Iowa State has built a culture over the last few years with Matt Campbell. And – you know, Brock Purdy is a huge part of that success. Um, he really came in and gave this team an identity and made this team competitive. Um, now they're graduating 23 seniors. And with graduating that many players, a lot of times the culture can go with it if you're not careful. Um, I think Matt Campbell is a good enough coach that he'll be able to sustain most of that. Um, but I don't think it's something you can ignore when you lose 23 seniors. Um, you and I both know we played – uh, small college football and, and when the senior class leaves I know after I think it was your sophomore year my junior year uh, when we lost you know the big guys up front we lost a few seniors there we lost a pretty right. good sized group and we were still good but there's definitely a difference and yeah. you know new leaders have to step up um, and and they hope you know I, I'm sure they hope Xavier Hutchinson Hunter Deckers um, Will McDonald I'm sure they're hoping some of those guys can step up and be leaders for them um, you can even take it back to Brees Hall comments after they beat Texas really bad the year before, you know, five-star players versus 
five-star culture. Yeah. And yeah. Iowa State, they have a five-star culture there. And yeah. it's led by Matt Campbell. Yep. And Matt Campbell is a heck of a coach, man. He's done such a good job with Iowa State. He's one of those coaches, um, and I'd love to talk about this if we have time at the end of the show, but he's one of those coaches that you watch every year in the coaching carousel. And you think, is this the year Matt Campbell leaves Iowa State? Um, and obviously they survived this mo- most recent cycle. Um, but how many more cycles can they keep him there? And we're going we're gonna to dive into that um, a little later if we have some time. But I wanted to jump into kind of some of their players they're returning um, and some of the recruits they got. So returning players, uh, just two, you know, two I want to mention. Will McDonald. Uh, he's an interior D-line guy for them. He holds Iowa State's sack record. Um, he set that last year at 29 sacks. Huge return. Uh, huge return. They were worried he was going to the NFL. He's coming back. That's huge for that defense, right? You only got three returners, one of them being one of your best players. Um, <laughs> and, you know, honestly is your best D-lineman in school history. Yep. So that's huge, right? You're losing your best offensive player in school history. You're, you're retaining your best defensive player, um, D-lineman, at least in school history. So... They're really, they're really happy to get him back. And then the other guy I know you really love is Xavier Hutchinson. He's coming back. Love that kid. Yeah, yep. He's gonna, and this is huge for them because we're, we're. I want to let's jump into the recruiting class. Xavier Hutchinson's going to get to bring along some super talented kids um, that Iowa State's bringing in at, in their receiver room. Yeah. Um, I'll let you talk about their receivers. Well, you have. Well, let's just start it off with Xavier Hutchinson. All right. So he's going to be the guy that all these kids have to look up to. They need to go in and put their head down, watch how he works, see the work that he put in, and model themselves after what he do. Because yep. this kid has gotten better each every year that he's been there. And they're gonna they're gonna they they have an opportunity at their hands. But the guy I like a lot is Greg Gaines. Yeah. Kid out of Florida. Yep. He I mean he had offers from Florida State, Arkansas, Georgia, Miami. Auburn and that just tells you how talented this kid is and he's already third on the depth chart as as we saw earlier before the show yep he's a he's a 6285 pound four-star receiver uh, ranked 53rd in the nation at the receiver position 348th overall um, kids a stud kids a stud. <laughs> kids a stud I mean he's yep. he's gonna come in he's gonna probably contribute right away right um, the other receiver they added, Jason Essex from Kansas City. Um, this kid, something scary, man. Yeah, he's a grown man among boys. Dude, he is. He is insane. He, He's <laughs> he's a receiver DB. <laughs> There's so many things I want to say about this guy. He is insane. He's 6'3", 192 pounds. You want to know what's crazy about this kid? He's a three-star. Kid's a three-star. We were watching his tape before the show. 6'3", 192, wide receiver, DB, uh, had offers from Colorado, uh, Kentucky, who I know over on the SEC show um, on the TakeOver Sports Network. They're really high on Kentucky. Um, He turned them down. He turned down uh, Arkansas. Uh, I mean, he's great. And he's very good. He went to Winnetonka High School in Kansas City, Missouri. Um, Dude is going to – we talked a little bit about it. He might contribute before Greg Gaines. Yeah, which is I'm, I'm thinking if he was on campus early, like Greg Gangs right now, he'd probably he'd probably be higher on the depth chart. Oh yeah, I think he's so an athlete. Too. Yeah, and and it'll be interesting to see if he struggles as a receiver. Does he switch to DB? I think he could. 
and I think uh-huh. I like him more at DB, and that's just my opinion. That may be yeah. the DB in me, but <laughs> this kid gets down. He is he he looks like an Iowa State kid, as you as you mentioned yeah. before the show. <laughs> yeah, he does. He looks like the kind of kid you'd see that goes to Iowa State. And I think my favorite thing about this guy, um, he he really does the things as a I played a little bit of receiver in college, and he does the thing I love. He blocks. He blocks down the field. Uh, he he puts people on their backs. And he's he you see it in his highlight, and I don't I'm sure you know whoever put his tape together noticed this, but when he's blocking downfield, it's attention to details. I love this stuff. When he's blocking downfield and he sees the person the the ball carrier pass him, he lets go of his block because he knows there's no reason for me to block this guy. It's a penalty. It's just football IQ thing, man. Yeah. And when you see that kind of stuff, to me that just gets me excited. It's like okay, this kid gets it. He's thinking about these things when he's playing. Mm-hmm. He's not just a reactionary player. There's something right. to be said about that, and and I think that shows you he's well coached. Um, he listens. He's a coachable guy. I think he's going to be a, a, a big contributor to them. If not right away, he will be before he leaves Iowa State. And to add um, on to that, he uh, he knows what he's good at. So you yeah. know, a lot of times you'll see kids out there jumping around, doing things that they're not good at, running around. He yep. gets upfield when he gets the ball. He doesn't play around. He gets upfield. He yeah. might make a he might make a move or two, but he's getting upfield. He's looking to run you over. And again, yeah. the blocking aspect is crazy. I love that. I love. Yeah, that. he's a one or two step and go guy, and I love that too. Yeah, he doesn't he doesn't waste time, you know, dancing. He he gets after it uh, right away. Um, next couple guys I wanted to bring up, uh, Dominique Orange. So this is a guy. He is a four star player. Um, was garnering a ton of interest from big schools, from you know, Notre Dame, uh, Ooh, any Georgia. big. Yeah, I mean, any big Power 5 school, right? And he was a four-star kid going into his senior year. Gained a lot of weight, kind of lost control of that, um, you know, and and was demoted down to a three-star player. Iowa State sweeps in and they get him, right? He's a D-lineman. They could use some some D-line help. You know, they graduated eight starters. They bring him in. If they can get him under control with his weight, if they can get him, you know, focused, this is a huge get for Iowa State. Huge get. This no, kid this could be Yeah, he could be a program changer. I mean, this is if if he can get back to who he was when he was the four-star player when he was, you know, healthy and playing well. This this could be a a changer for them. Um and then the last guy, you know, I I want you to talk about is Hunter Deo. Um we, we, kid. We watched this tape. <laughs> this kid is awesome, man. I I love this kid. I I wish I played with a teammate like Hunter Deo. Yeah, man, he's <laughs> <laughs> this kid does everything right or everything right that you want to see in the defensive tackle, defensive yep. lineman. I mean, you saw that nasty split of the double team. Oh my gosh, this kid. He's this so kid strong. He's so strong. I, I love the – there's a couple plays in his tape where you just see him get his hands on that offensive lineman first, shoots his hands out, keeps his, keeps his body extended, keeps himself long, keeps his eyes in the backfield, finds and locates the ball, and just brings the pain, man. This kid hits. Right. He's physical, and he does, and he has a motor. I was very impressed with the way he tracked down the screen pass. I mean – Oh, my, oh, oh my gosh. No joke. The kid was five yards up the field and still made the play before – he got there before his teammates even got there. And I'm I'm just thinking like he's a he's a defensive tackle and he's moving like this. Yeah. But then on the next play on his highlight film, he's taking a screen twenty yards for a touchdown. 
they threw a screen to him and he goes 20 yards for a touchdown. Yeah. So, so you know this kid is agile. He's quick. Yeah. He uses his hands. Yeah. I think he's I think he's gonna be a fantastic player in the Big Twelve. Yeah, and he's the highest defensive recruit in school history. Which well, is which go. is huge. Huge. Yeah. I mean, and the other thing too, um, you know, we we don't need to dive too much into this, but he can also play offensive line if they need him to. Yeah. Obviously he won't play both ways in games, but you know, if if they need they see a more you know offensive line as a, a bigger position of need, they could use him there. Right. Uh, do you he, do you see this as a trend for them picking players that play multiple positions? Yeah, yeah. So that's that's good. As we you know wrap up recruiting talk, it looks like Iowa State is finally in a position where they can recruit talent rather than recruit need. If that makes sense. Um, obviously, you're always recruiting need by in terms of position. Um, but they did a good job of recruiting players. Uh, we talked about Jason Essex. You know, he's a, a wide receiver DB. You got Hunter Deo, D-tackle, O-tackle, or O-line, D-line. Um, and, and you know, you look along their, their recruiting list, they have a lot of guys who play both ways. You got a lot of multiple sport athletes, which I am a huge fan of always. Always. Um, they they definitely are recruiting players that can play multiple positions, and that, I think that's becoming more popular in football as a whole, Right. Right. We see it in the NFL. A lot of players, you know, they look for a lot of coaches look for positional flex. Um, it's super important. You, I mean, you got guys like Debo Samuel and Curtis Samuel, and like all these players who can you just move them around the field. And you know, Iowa State, your team has to be adaptable. Yeah, you got to have guys who can who can play multiple positions, and uh, Iowa State is recruiting that way. You know, it's it's always good to recruit a receiver who can play DB because if it you know if it doesn't work out at receiver switch them to the other side of the, the ball DB. and maybe yeah maybe they find that success there right Trayvon Diggs hey that's a big one you know he just led the league in, in interceptions it's it's huge and that's just using his ball skills from playing receiver so right. kids if they get into these programs and you're not good at one position go to the other side of the ball you never know right yeah no I mean it does it can do huge things for you um I wanted to talk about one more gentleman here. They added a receiver in the transfer portal, which, again, they have an influx of receiver talent coming in. Um, and, and like I mentioned, they had no 1,000-yard receivers, but they do have a lot of good players coming in. They added a transfer from the University of Colorado, Dimitri Stanley. Uh, he was originally recruited to Iowa State coming out of high school, um, but opted to go to University of Colorado. Uh, just some career numbers for him there. He had 35 catches, 355 yards, and two touchdowns. Four carries, 14 yards, um, and he had some punt return experience as well. Uh, he was freshman All-Pac-12 and was on the freshman All-America watch list by the AF, uh, the American College Football Writers Association. Um, so this is a kid, clearly talented, clearly talented. It didn't work out for him at Colorado. He's coming to Iowa State, probably going to find some more playing time here um, as you know they're going to need as much firepower as they can get for Hunter Deckers. Um, so this is good for them and good for him you know, to get to – to come home uh, to the school that originally recruited him, and that was pretty high on his board. Change um, of scenery. Yeah, a, a change of scenery can always be good for a player. Uh, I know. Hey, it's the not one always... thing I've the one thing I've realized during COVID is sometimes kids they have to adapt and they they don't do good in one spot, so they yep. they need to move on and go to a better place. And that's exactly what I think he's going to do. He's going to get the opportunity to showcase his talent. I mean, you saw he had all freshman Pac-12. He has yep. talent. Yep. He's returning the ball. They're handing him off the ball. He's catching the ball. So he's yep. versatile. And so yep. I think Iowa State will be able to use that. And, again, we just talked about positional flex, right? 
There you go. He can, he can do <laughs> a little bit of everything, right? There's another guy who can do a little bit of everything, and that's huge for them. You know, that's that's what they're looking for. Um, just you know, to finish out recruiting talk, you know, we talked about some of their big recruits. Um, the last one, they got a kicker. Uh, <laughs> they signed a five-star kicker. We don't need to dive into that, but kickers are important. It's really cool that they got a five-star kicker. I think it's the only yeah. five-star in their whole class. He may um, win them them close games that he that they lost last year. So yeah, yeah, they did have a two-point loss last year. Um, against Baylor. <laughs> uh, so Iowa State, Big 12 ranking for the recruiting class was fourth. The national rank for the recruiting class was 30. So a pretty good class for them. Um, right. I think it's the highest rated recruiting class in school history. Uh, so they're trending upwards still. Even with losing a lot of talent, they are trending up. Uh, things do look good for them moving forward as far as recruiting goes, which is important because when you lose a lot of really good players, there's always a little bit of concern about that. Um, so next, we will jump into the schedule overview. Um, this is a little thing where we like to go through Iowa State's schedule, and we talk a little bit about kind of how they're doing, what they might do um, this fall, see how if they can win, lose, you know, do what they do. So what we'll do, we'll step through the schedule game by game. We'll predict who wins and loses, and we'll keep a tally of their record at the end. Um, it's a lot of fun. And we're going to jump into that now. First game, they got Southeast Missouri State. That's a win. At home, they should definitely win that game. That is a win. Yeah, they, I think they we'll don't see win that Hunter game. Decker's arm come alive that game. Yeah. Oh, for sure. For sure. They they should definitely win that one um, and win it handsomely. Uh, we should see some of the depth of their group, uh, that recruiting class. Hopefully get some playing time. We'll get a look at some of these younger receivers, uh, some of these younger DBs they brought in. And uh, hopefully we get to see that five-star kicker. I'm, <laughs> I'm very curious about him. Definitely. Uh, I'm ready to see that. Yeah. Game two at Iowa. Good old rivalry game. <laughs> These are fun. I think Iowa beats them. I think they're one-on-one. One. I think they beat them again. Yeah. yeah. I think Iowa's a much better team than they are. Uh, I watched Iowa dismantle Maryland last year on a Friday night. And I, oh, wow. <laughs> they, they're very good. And, you know, they have quarterback issues of their own. Um, like Iowa State may end up finding out they have as well, but I think Iowa's just a better team. Then they get to play the Ohio Bobcats, not Ohio State, the Ohio University Bobcats. Uh, I think they win this one. I think they're two and one going. I'm gonna agree with you. Yeah, I think they're two and one going into Big Twelve play. This is um, a fluff game to get them ready for Baylor. Yep, I think so too. I think so too. It's whoever you know, whoever created their schedule did a really good job of getting them some two cupcake games to find out what they got after Purdy and Hall are gone. Yep. So, week four going to Baylor, Saturday, September twenty fourth. Or, or sorry, they're playing Baylor at home. They are at home against Baylor. Uh, I think Baylor wins this. Yeah. I'm I think Baylor. I think Baylor is returning a lot of really good players like we talked about last week. If you haven't checked out that episode, make sure you go back and check that one out um, then catch up with us here. Um, I think Baylor will be very good next year. Uh, I, I do think uh, they'll be kind of in the discussion for Big 12 because I think there's going to be a lot more parity in the Big 12 next year. Um, but I do think Baylor beats them. Yep. So I got them sitting 3-2, and two, and you got them sitting 3-2. Two and two. And two. Sorry, 2-2. Two and two. I apologize. Three and two after next week. So they play yeah. Kansas the following week. Don't look <laughs> they, ahead, man. Don't look ahead. <laughs> never look ahead in football. <laughs> That's true. That's true. And KU, you know, they're due for an upset again this year. But I don't think it's Iowa State. I think Iowa State 
goes to Lawrence and wins. Um, now sitting at three and two. You said you I have you them got... losing to Kansas. What? I have them losing oh. to Kansas. Oh man! I think they they're going to be a young team. I think Kansas is returning some good players on offense. Okay. And I think I Kansas gets this game at home, and I believe I believe they upset Iowa State. 21 to 21 to 17. Close, close game. I think I think they upset them. Write it down. Make sure uh if if you trust Donnell, make sure you're you're using your uh your prize picks for that game and make sure you <laughs> use code takeover to get your deposit matched. And uh if you trust Donnell there, you might be able to win some some good money. Don't. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh you know, after they play Kansas, they get Kansas State uh at home. Kansas State to me, I, I can't wait till we kind of dig into their team. Kansas State's an interesting one this year. Very. Um, I they're so hard for me to to pick. Uh, I think Iowa State beats Kansas State. Um, yeah. I think Kansas State will bring a really strong running game with Deuce Vaughn, but I don't think they're going to be good enough to beat Iowa State. Yeah, I think I think they beat uh, Kansas State. They have a yeah. letdown against Kansas. They bring it back the next week. They come and play with fire. They get some of those skilled position players involved. <laughs> Decker's gonna let the cannon be released. Yep. And I think they I think they'll I think they'll beat Kansas State. So I have them at four and two. Sorry, right. four and three. No, four and two. You're right, right, right. I'm at four and two. You got them at what, five and one? No, no I have them at uh one <laughs> one, two. I got them at three and three and four, I believe. And I got them at four and three. So then they go to Texas. They go to Austin. Wow, we're good at math, guys. We're crushing this. Uh, <laughs> then they go to Austin, and they're going to lose to Texas. Oh, easy. Not even close. Texas is going to be very improved this year. Texas runs them out of the stadium. Yeah. Um, this is like murderer's row here for them for the next four weeks, in my opinion. So they get Texas, they lose that one. Then they get Oklahoma. They're playing Oklahoma at home. Iowa State has historically given Oklahoma trouble, but Brock Purdy's gone. I don't think that happens. I think yeah. Oklahoma handles business. Um, I think they lose there. So now they're four and five. I, you know, then they they get West Virginia at home as well. Um, I, got I think three and seven. you what three and seven after that game. They after don't beat West, West Virginia. You got West Virginia beating them. West Virginia is at home, I believe. That no, is West, a hard, that is the hardest place to play in the Big Twelve. West Virginia is playing at Iowa State. Oh, they're at Iowa. It's oh, okay. At Iowa State, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well. They're at home. Um, yeah, I got I got them losing to West Virginia. No, I think West Virginia is going to be really good. Well, not really. So sorry, they're going to be really good. I think they'll be better than they're getting credit for. Right. They have some good players coming back, so. They do. And they had a really good, or I say really good, they had a 34th ranked recruiting class, which is pretty high for them. Um, and, then, and then they go to Oklahoma State, where they lose there. Yeah. It's like I'm losing four in a row. So, they're, <laughs> they're in danger, man. That they're, is, yeah. That is a I mean, free fall. Yeah, because, I mean, at that point, they've beat Southeast Missouri State. They beat Ohio. They beat Kansas. They beat Kansas State. Maybe. So, right. So I have, I have four wins at that point, right? Right. 
and then they lose four in a row, and then they get Texas Tech and TCU. And there's no guarantee they beat Texas Tech. I'm I might no. be saying Texas Tech beat them. Yeah, I I think so. I think they'll beat Texas Tech to get to five wins. So they'll I don't be- know. I think they're. I think Texas Tech is going to have an improved team. I don't think they're going to be players in the Big Twelve, but I do think they're going to have a good defense next year. Coaching yeah, I, yeah, Joey McGuire is bringing something down there to Texas Tech. It's it's interesting for sure. Um, but I, I think they do get to five wins against Texas Tech. They're five and six going into the final week of the season at TCU in Fort Worth. TCU, they, uh, you know, new head coach, a little bit of a culture change. Some things are going on down there. They got, they got some good players coming in. Um, their 2023 class is looking pretty nice, too. Um, but that's not going to help them this fall. I think Iowa State beats them and gets to 6-6. Six and six. I think Iowa State finishes the year 500. Bowl game. Um, and they're bowl eligible, yeah. And that's important. And, I don't, you know, obviously we can't predict their bowl game. But it'll be some low-level bowl um, where they'll have a game that should be winnable for them. So, Iowa State, 6-6. Six and six, uh, You know, one less win from last year. Do you think they'll consider that a success after the the exodus of talent and, and seniors they're losing? Do you think six and six is a success for them? Well, considering Matt Campbell uh, comments before the season last year about them not expecting to play for a Big 12 title, <laughs> I think he'll come in saying the same thing this year. He does not expect them to play for a Big 12 title. I yep. think Iowa State fans need to look at this season and say, hey, we have to develop a lot of guys. If we can yeah. get the six and six, and go to a bowl game, that's a success yeah. because the more experience and I think those kids, they need that, that one month of where they're just practicing nonstop. They go yep. play in that big game and that can springboard them into the next year. So six and six, great season for them. Yeah. I think six and six is a success. Um, I think, you know, for them, they have a, a quarterback who's virtually got zero starts. Um, they're going to have a new running back. They got Xavier Hutchinson back, but they're gonna have a lot of young guys behind him. Um, you know, a lot of new faces on their defense as far as starters go. They're going to be ha- – I, I, no team is happy at 6-6, six and six, right? right? And no coach will openly say, we don't think we can win the Big 12. But I think if they're being realistic with themselves, 6-6 six and six is a good year. Um, like you said, an opportunity to go to a bowl game, which is always a ton of fun for for the, the young guys. And like you said, get some more experience. You get a whole month of practicing where you really get to, you know, fix the things you struggled with throughout the year. And kind of figure yourself out a little bit. That's a that's a huge win for them. Uh, if I'm Matt Campbell, I'm happy at six and six uh, for Iowa State. Obviously, he will not be happy, but you get what I'm saying. Right. But while we're on the topic of Matt Campbell, kind of want to talk a little bit about this. So Matt Campbell is like we mentioned, one of those coaches that every time the coaching carousel heats up, uh, his name gets brought up a lot. Whether that's NFL, whether that's college. He has said he really enjoys coaching the young kids, you know, the 18 to 23-year-olds, um, helping them kind of come along and develop into men, um, which I think is a, a, an awesome statement from a head coach. I think that's, you know, as as a parent myself, you know, that's the kind of thing I would like to hear a coach say um, if my kid's being recruited there. And I think that's why Matt Campbell does such a good job recruiting is I think Matt Campbell's a, a likable guy, and I think he does a good job of, of telling people, you know, you see this, did you see the senior day video this past year? Um, of Matt Campbell like crying as he was saying bye to all of his seniors. It's it's like super moving to watch yeah. because you can tell he really just cares about his guys. 
Um, and that's the, that's the kind of coach you want. And, and I think a lot of uh, other colleges see that and they go, hey, what if, you know, the – what if Harbaugh had left to go to the NFL? Michigan? I mean, they might come calling, right? That's the thing. Matt Campbell's a great coach. He is. So it's – it's only expected that somebody's going to come in and offer him some money that he can't decline and offer him an opportunity at a program that he can't decline. And right. it's just, it's just the life of football, man. It is. It's, it's the business side of football that you hate to see. Um, I also think, you know, dark horse contender NFL teams. I think, you know, I don't think Matt Campbell would ever go to a program or a program, a franchise that's kind of, you know, a bottom feeder. Like I don't see him ever taking like a Jacksonville job. Um, or anything like that, but I could see him taking. You know, Pete Carroll's pretty old. Yeah. Seahawks. Seahawks might be looking for a new head coach in the next couple of years. Could Matt Campbell be on their list? I'm sure he is. I'm sure he's on every NFL team's watch list. They're he's all on the looking radar. at him. Yeah, he's got to be on the radar. And and you know, I could see him taking a Seahawks job in two years yeah. if that opened up. Um, but I wanted to play a little game. You know, since we're sponsored by Prize Picks, if you were picking over under one and a half seasons. Before Matt Campbell is gone coaching somewhere else, what would you pick? I'm gonna say under. I'm gonna say under. Oh, so you think this yeah. is his last season in Ames? Oh, yeah. I think I think if wow. he's offered, if Pete Carroll or somebody else is gone, and the opportunity opens up and he's offered that job, I believe so. Because wow. if he, I believe if he was offered this year, he would have been gone. Yeah, leave with the mass exodus of players. Right, exactly. So I'm thinking, yeah. how how many times can he go through this at Iowa State? Is yeah. the question. Yeah, I mean he he built this program, you know, from the ground up. I mean they were they were the laughing stock of the Big Twelve. Yeah. They were terrible, and he's built this program into a, a consistent winner. I'd say um, they're respectable. Yeah, they're a very respectable team. They're they're a team that I think you know, as you know, you're a fan of Texas. I'm a fan of Baylor. <laughs> when I see those yeah. games on the schedule against Iowa State, I I don't just assume. Baylor's going to beat them because uh, Iowa State can always – I mean, it's any given Saturday, right? But Iowa State's a team that can always upset you. They're always they due for a one or two. They beat last year. <laughs> right, right. I mean, they're a good team. They they do some really good things there. Um, and Matt Campbell's a huge, huge part of that success, obviously. Yep. Um, yeah, I, I wanna, I'm going to take the over. I think he leaves – I think he has two more seasons, um, and then I think he's gone. I think he leaves – for the NFL, though, I don't think he goes to another big college program. I think right. the NFL gets him um, in some in some form or fashion. Yeah. I, I I do think that happens. Um, but uh, you know, if you if you're watching this, let us know what you think. What's the over under um, on on Matt Campbell seasons at Iowa State? We're setting it at one and a half. Um, Donnell took the under. I took the over. Uh, who do you agree with? Uh, Gamble, and give us a little bit of an explanation as to why. Um, but I think without, you know, without anything else, I think it's time to close the show. Time to close the show. So as we mentioned earlier, we're brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the easy way to play daily fantasy and player props in states like California, New York, Texas, and more. Prize Picks offers every sport you can think of: NFL, college football, NBA, college basketball, MLB, soccer, MMA, and more. Uh, Prize Picks is safe and easy to use. You can place picks in under 60 seconds, and they offer fast withdrawals. Use code Takeover to get a 100% deposit match up to $100. Um, for the Big 12 Takeover, I'm Tyler. That's Donnell. And uh, we'll see you guys next week 
as we continue our, our journey into the Big 12 recaps. We'll see you guys.